Their paths crossed like two hot wires. We are just about the friendliest folks you'd ever want to meet. That's Bonnie. I'm sorry, I was looking for Maude. Everyone has the right to make an ass out of themselves. You can't let the world judge you too much. That woman, she took my car. This is Bonnie and Maude, the film podcast, with Xenia Yarosh and Eleanor Kagan. Hey, you're listening to Bonnie and Maud. I'm Eleanor Kagan. And I'm Xenia Yarosh. It is a spooky time of year. <laughs> so we decided to watch a spooky movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Except and- we'll release this a month from this very spooky time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Fall in general is kind of spooky. You're right. So I think it'll still be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Basically, as long as it's cold and dark when you're listening to this, it'll be appropriate. It's pumpkins outside evening coming on sooner and sooner (laughs) we wanted to discuss a horror movie so today we'll be talking about rosemary's baby a horror classic from 1968 it's all about motherhood it's all about body horror maternal instincts uh mia farrow's cute haircut so our guest on the show today is dr paula kagan she's an author a radical nurse a professor of nursing and she was recently selected as an op-ed project fellow and she's also my mother. Hey, Mom. Hi, Eleanor. <laughs> Hi, Ksenia. Hi, Eleanor's mom. <laughs> How are you, girls? We're great. Thank you so much for inviting me um, to watch a movie and a spooky movie in a spooky month, mm-hmm. the month of my birth. Mm-hmm. Last week was my birthday, and it was a spooky birthday. Um, <laughs> They all are now. (laughs) They're getting spookier as the years go on. Uh, You know, Ksenia and I both have talked about wanting to have our moms come on the show um, at various points. And as soon as we decided that you were coming on uh, in October, I figured Rosemary's Baby would be a good idea because I know that movies meant a lot to you. Can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with Rosemary's Baby? It was the summer right before I turned 17, and it was 1968. Here I was, the mother's helper in Westport, Connecticut. So I became friends on my day off with some of the kids who lived in Westport. And um, one time a boy said, you know, do you want to go to the movies? And it was Rosemary's Baby. And so um, we went and saw Rosemary's Baby. And this film freaked me out for the next 20 years. (laughs) I was absolutely terrified Uh, uh, parts of it I blocked out, parts of it I will never forget. But, you know, mostly what I remember is the feeling, the feeling of just being um, threatened that anything that I believed or the way um, people um, could be or appear may not be as you would want them or as your intuition was telling you. So that movie made a great impact. It scared the... You can swear on this podcast. It scared the freaking shit out of me (laughs) for many, many, many years. And I never watched it again. I've had a really weird relationship with uh, horror movies and scary stories. And you're (laughs) laughing because you know why. And we should tell Ksenia why. But I remember growing up, you always told me never watch Rosemary's Baby because it scared me when I was 16 years old. And I've like never recovered from it. That's it. Yes. And I, it, it did scare me. And, and, um, um, but I remember scaring you terribly and I wasn't overly protective as a mother, but I, you know, I, I 
di certainly didn't want to incur harm or uh, to you and your brother Harry, um, <laughs> but I did inadvertently scare the bejesus out of Eleanor. <laughs> I mean, I scared her one so badly, and, and you, you, you better tell the story um, if you want, because... It is your story, but I feel really bad. In fact, my palms are a little sweaty <laughs> thinking oh. about it. No, it's okay. I've bounced back from then. So I was about, what, five years old? You were in school because you could borrow books from the library. Maybe you were five, five or six. Okay, but it, this was not at home. This was at the children's bookstore in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it was like children's reading hour where like moms could bring their kids and like pick some books and just sit around and read them. Mm -hmm. And... This was a book that had intrigued me a lot because I was always intrigued by scary stories, even if I was afraid of them. And this book was called In a Dark, Dark Room. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that book? I think I remember you telling me about this book. Maybe I I've told you this story. I don't think I have. Um, I think you saw it in school. I, think, I don't think you had taken it out of the library at school, but I think you might have seen it. Okay. Well, it was this story called, or is this book called In a Dark, Dark Room, and it was basically like horror stories for kids. Not to be confused with scary stories to tell in the dark, which is the book series with super scary illustrations, which I also liked slash was afraid of. So you were reading me, here we are um, in public, and you're reading me the story called Sitting the, on the Floor. Sitting on the Round. Like real cozy with each other. Yeah. Like in the most trusting mother-child <laughs> uh in interaction you could have yeah and every other mom is reading their kid like princess and stories about teddy bears and other but you asked things. for this i you... want to ask for it <laughs> so wait you were saying it was your fault but now you're sort of changing the story <laughs> so it was the story called the green ribbon and it's about this girl that always wears a green ribbon around her neck mm -hmm. and uh, she falls in love and her boyfriend then husband, you know, keeps asking her, why do you always wear that green ribbon? And she won't tell him. And she says, one day you'll find out. And one day she's on her deathbed and then she dies and he finally wants to see what the green ribbon's all about. So he, you want to tell the end, don't you, mom? I do want to tell the end and I'll tell you why, because all I was really doing was reading it and I got very, I wanted to make it a surprise because it was a ghost story. It was <laughs> supposed were to be a serving the story. Yes, I was serving. I was serving the story. Yes, yeah. I was serving the. You story. were serving the text. I got in. That's right. Thank you. I got into it, and I didn't realize that I got into it so well. <laughs> He's and, a really good reader. And. Do you want to say it? Sure. So uh, you get to the 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 punchline, the end of the story. So he unties the ribbon, um, and then you turn the page, and, and her you know, head falls off. <laughs> <laughs> and I freaked the fuck out. And I think I said it something like that, didn't you I? You said it just like that. And her head falls off. And then but you I guys, cried. she's already dead. I know, but it's, it's just so scary. I know the fact. But that I said it really loud and, and really like startled. Don't be scared. I said it really loud and really like startlingly, and Eleanor was like. Her reaction was so sad. All of a sudden, she as soon as I said that, she went. And she started crying. Oh, it was awful. So that's the story of my first scare. Rosemary's Baby was one of your early scares. Do you, do you remember your first scare, Ksenia? Uh, I do remember loving uh, reading those uh, scary stories to read in the dark books. Um, and my mom recently told me that she was a little bit concerned about how I was getting into them and just like constantly checking them out from the library and reading them nonstop. Um, but... I don't know. I, I don't like gruesome movies, 
but I really don't mind scary movies all that much. Mm -hmm. Has it been something that's changed at all for you as you've gotten older? Have you been desensitized or have you, you know, found that there's been more types of horror movies that you're okay with watching now that you weren't as a kid or maybe the opposite, anything like that? Mm. I don't know. I definitely have like some sensitivities, like whenever there's a horror movie that like starts using imagery of like wrists or like hands eyes of course like i just can't like i have to look away eyes are so scary yeah there's yeah what were you gonna say they're just like even when we were watching the recent carrie remake they're definitely they made it more explicitly violent i feel like and there were several scenes where i just had to like put my hand in front of my eyes and just take a moment there was a lot of unnecessary self-mutilation in the carrie remake um which we can talk about another Which time i haven't seen yet but can yeah. i can i interject like i feel a little bad because i took i feel i took the end of that story away from you so can you just say how like what happened at, at the end no of no, that? no that was totally it but you don't you want to say because it, it happened to you so you should say what i did no it's okay i mean basically and how it, it felt because i was just like saying what it felt from the what it looked like but you sh- it's you sh- it's your narrative no this is good we're like working this out <laughs> <laughs> no basically i mean i've never liked jump scares and that continues to this day mm-hmm. um so you know like the end of carrie the original carrie you know the stinger at the end of that is like even if i know it's coming it's like i'm filled with so much dread and it's terrifying and then you kind of feel the sense of release um after it's over but i don't know if you know my hatred of jump scares started with that early one i scared you it's okay i'm sorry but you know what i've now i've since seen rosemary's baby now twice Mm -hmm. um and you've also since seen rosemary's baby two times since the original Mm -hmm. time before we get into that maybe we should for those who haven't seen it talk a little bit about rosemary's baby in general um It is a 1968 film by Roman Polanski. It was his first book adaptation. Um, reported. It was, it was his first U.S. film as well. And everyone's, I haven't read the book, but everyone says this was one of the truest adaptations. Hmm. So for what it's worth, um, it stars Mia Farrow, who was married to Frank Sinatra at the time, whom she later then divorced, um, as Rosemary Woodhouse. Her husband is played by John Cassavetes, the famous director. And they move into this beautiful apartment in New York City. And it was filmed at the Dakota Hotel, actually, on the uh, Upper West Side. And um, their neighbors are a kindly, seemingly kindly old couple, um, the Castavets. And um, then spooky things start happening. And um, my one of my very favorite people, Ruth Gordon, who also played Maude in Harold and Maude, is a mini Castavet. And she actually won um, an Academy Award for her supporting role, which is so rare for any sort of horror films that it didn't actually happen until uh, it didn't happen again until Silence of the Lambs. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Well, Ruth Gordon is amazing in this movie. Basically, what happens is Rosemary is this young newlywed and she wants to have a baby her husband Guy strikes up a deal with uh, the Castavets, uh, Roman and Minnie, to uh, basically sell Rosemary's womb to the devil so she can be impregnated with the spawn of Satan. And that's what happens. And um, you, Mom, mentioned before this feeling that everyone is sort of conspiring around you is a really pervasive feeling in this movie because 
everyone is working against Rosemary to make sure that she does deliver this baby of Satan. And she kind of figures things out and tries to, you know, fight against it. But, you know, she ends up being impregnated by the devil and then having the baby. And um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the ending, I'm sure, because it was it's a really powerful ending. But by the end of the movie, she has the baby. It is taken by the coven of witches and they kind of invite her to be its mother and she inevitably accepts so that's the rough story (laughs) but there's a lot to unpack here and especially i'm glad to have you here to talk about this mom because this movie is a lot about motherhood but it's also a lot about nurturing women nurturing each other or sort of being put in the position to nurture one another and pregnancy uh, pregnancy and as a healthcare professional i'm curious to hear what you think about you know the role of nurses and doctors in this movie and the trust that goes along there well certainly i think um trust is a is a huge uh theme um in in the movie and rosemary is trusting She's also very smart. I think maybe people who watch Rosemary's Baby may think that she's um, manipulated and she um, uh, is very uh, subservient to her husband and obedient. And but you know, all along my sense watching it um, today, earlier today, my sense is that how smart she was and how she she knew inside she had her perceptions about what was going on and she um she was questioning the reality that others tried to impose on her so that was i think the thing that was um at this point of watching it the most impressive thing to me um that struggle uh that tension between trusting oneself and it's a classic you know women and gender studies theme um uh you know uh, trusting yourself and trusting the view of the society and the culture of who you are, whether you're a woman or um, a person of color or a minority or you know who someone whose nation is uh, uh, maybe not U.S. or not the dominant. If you're not part of the dominant um, uh, uh, identity uh, uh, in the culture, others will will try to. Um, impose their stereotypes and their views and and their desires onto you and i think that is kind of like a really apparent in 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 the film but all the while she's really smart and i like um it reminded me of buffy in a way you know the pervasive theme in buffy we have to do the research there's a problem we have to do our Mm -hmm. research and i really like that hutch let's go to the library and so she was scholarly you know hutch gave her the Mm -hmm. um and i never forgot the name of that that book all of them witches. Yeah. I just never forgot the whole thing with the, you know, the pictures in it and uh, and all that. And um, But she did. She started doing her research, and she really did. She struggled so hard to um, let emerge her own perception of what was going mm-hmm. on when everyone around her was telling her that the world was, like, somewhat different. What I... I feel like some contemporary um, watchers of this movie who are just like seeing this now might feel like she's really naive, but I actually appreciate like how subtle everything comes in and how like, I feel like in a contemporary movie, it would be like the heroine would be confronted with these things and like immediately she would start fighting and like, it would be like, 
like it feels like a more realistic movie because in the real world if weird things started happening you wouldn't automatically jump to the conclusion that you're surrounded by witches right and so like it takes a very long time for her to like make peace with the fact that that is actually what's going on like she doesn't automatically assume that she's being manipulated like she struggles mm-hmm. with a lot of these small issues until she finally like these people are trying to get me and my baby yeah it definitely plays more into that idea of trust being this really solid thing in in film and as you were saying Ksenia, like I, in a lot of newer movies people would totally just break their trust with their husband and start suspecting them right away but rosemary's baby really truthfully it seems like depicts her and her trust for her husband and how long that would take to break Mm -hmm. because they've been in this relationship and as you see them at the beginning of the movie they're so loving with one another and she's no shrinking violet she says to him in like the second scene or third scene let's make love did she say make love or have sex what did she say she said let's make love let's make love Mm -hmm. and and you know very quickly i mean she's the initiator of sex so she's not just that i mean she's a woman of the 60s it takes place in 65 over Mm -hmm. 65 and 66 even though we saw it in 68 so i'm from that time and she was from a time when women's the second uh women's movement was uh vibrant and dynamic and although women such as uh, rosemary were getting married many were not so there was a shift. There- yeah, there's a mention of like the first woman lawyer at some yes. in some offhand comment that her husband or either she or her husband makes. Yes, uh, or Minnie that well, one of their friends was that was that who it was one of their friends was the first women woman lawyer somebody Something like that. Yeah, somebody. So I found, um, uh, you know, I think I think you're right. Ksenia, I think that it was very re- and Eleanor very realistic um, in that you don't just you have to have a kind of a process of little things that build mm-hmm. to you accepting a reality that you don't expect. And she had a reality that she did not expect um, that was more or less foisted mm-hmm. upon her. I mean, it even comes out in the visuals of this movie and in a lot of the shots and a lot of the production design, which I really loved, because when you first see Rosemary, she's dressed in all these yellow baby dolls. Everything in the apartment is yellow and white. I mean, she goes into this previously super dark, dank, you know, owner. uh, The owner was a previous witch, of course, and she died. Um, So she paints all the walls white and puts new, you know, nice furniture in there and she wears her like little bob her blonde bob and pigtails and she looks very like youthful and uh mom you were saying that was totally like those dresses those sort of big bell dresses the tent dresses dresses were so in at the time Empire waist and baby doll dresses. Yes, I wore those. And do they infantilize? And especially with um, Mia Farrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really thin then too. But well, it's not, the Twiggy look a little was, bit. Uh, part of it was the Twiggy. Um, yeah, and the mod, uh, Carnaby Street type of influence in those days. But but we were wearing clothes like that. In fact, the dress she wears to their house 
to um, Minnie and Roman's house for dinner, to their apartment for mm-hmm. dinner, um, was the same dress I wore to my brother's bar mitzvah. <laughs> wow. uh, I'm not even I'm not even kidding. And, and it must have been about 65, 64 or 65. Is and that I the wo- blue dress? The, the blue, blue floral, floral dress? dress with the big white round collar and white cuffs. Mm-hmm. I had that identical dress and I wore it with, I borrowed my sister's white go-go boots <laughs> to wear with it. So, but yeah, so the colors at the time were, you know, of her youthful marriage, all yellows and whites mm-hmm. and greens. And then, of course, you know, once she gets impregnated, not only does she look emaciated and skeletal and ghoulish and, you know, like she's dying, but she starts wearing dark reds and yeah. dark blues. And even though the apartment has been painted white, it starts looking very dark and sinister. Yes. At one point, I even said, oh, um, guy was coming down the hall and it was after uh she's impregnated after the rape scene and and the the walls look dark but and eleanor pointed out no i think it's just lit that way and it was but remember she had a red pants outfit uh, on when she they had the little dinner in the kitchen and she ate the the mousse the chocolate mousse that's the first time i remember her putting on uh something something red mm-hmm. i have to go back to something that um Ksenia said, and, and you kind of alluded to it too, just so you can like maybe insert it wherever, but it just seemed, I didn't want it to go by and mm-hmm. I've let it go by for a few minutes. What you said before about her um, coming to a process of acknowledging changes and ideas, um, I hadn't thought of it before, but when you said it, it made mm-hmm. me, it, it, it occurred to me mm-hmm. that um, you're describing like um, growing up too, like coming into your sense of identity just the way you and trusting yourself, like and trusting, trusting yourself, your dis, like your intuition, not just like what the people around you are telling you. Well, that's becoming an adult. That is this, the process of maturity and also having your own ideas and then trusting that your ideas are okay to have. So it's a lot about, um, you know, there's a lot of gender issues mm-hmm. in that, um, uh, particularly like for, for women or for anyone who has any difference that it's okay to be who I am or to have the thoughts that I have or to look the way I want. It's a lot about identity. Um, well, like, there are a lot of scary things that happen in this movie. I I mean, I, I guess we should talk about the rape scene later on. But, like, the scene that, like, really, really scared me in this film was after she goes to see um, the other doctor. Yes. You guys are holding and hands yes, because you agreed out completely. Because that is, to me, I, the scariest. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. And so, it? and finally, like, someone listens to her and, like, she thinks she is finally safe because she has told this man, like, everything she has figured out, that, like, this coven is going to take her child, like, she needs protection, and he, like, puts her in a different room to rest, and when she wakes up, her... Um, the the doctor the doctor that she thought she could trust Doctor Hill Doctor Hill uh, opens the door and her husband and the Abe witch Saperstein. yeah Abraham the witch Sa- doctor Saperstein. comes in and they just kind of like tell her to put on her shoes and like escort her out and it's like that is more frightening than like the devil or anything because it's like you. Like the men have taken control of your body, like you no one is listening to you, and it's just so scary like what do you <laughs> what do you do? What's the next step like 
she realizes at that moment that she only really has herself to depend on when she, you know, the realization that she only had herself to depend on the whole time. And, you know. She didn't realize it, though, until that moment. Mm -hmm. And then she is has resolve that she's going to have to protect herself and her baby. And uh, Ksenia, I so agree. When I was watching the film with Eleanor um, earlier, I said, oh, this Eleanor is the scariest scene to me for all the reasons that you just said. Um, and the, one of the biggest things that, and Abe Saperstein, it's so funny because she goes to the, and I'll use the term like what in like New York, they say, uh, you know, you want a Jewish doctor, right? You want a Jewish doctor. Well, Dr. Hill is not a Jewish doctor. He's a young, not non-Jewish doctor and her girlfriends, wherever they live in the city or in, you know, the suburbs, uh, they, that's who they recommend. He's a young guy, Charles Grodin. Plays I think the they part. actually like point out like, isn't he handsome? Like, isn't yeah. he dreamy? He's yeah, the he's the new doctor. He's the new, yeah. yeah. But Abe Saperstein, like that's, you know. He's the society OBGYN. Yes. And well-known and 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 that kind of dominance that uh hierarchy in medicine and um i mean you see it like you know in other fields too but that that you could just see dr poor dr hill here is abe saperstein's patient you know i better call the husband and i better call saperstein yeah because he even says i met him once or twice and then dr saperstein threatens her with the all-time ultimate threat through centuries that women have been threatened with. If they weren't threatened with boiling, hanging, burning at the stake, what were they threatened with? Being interred in a mental mental institution. institution. I'm going to commit you to a psychiatric institution, he says. Not only will we take your child, like, we will commit you, so you you will be all on your own no one will believe you no one will believe anything you say isn't that what women have been told for like you said centuries i mean there's one thing for everyone to be telling her she's wrong but telling her she's crazy is even hysterical is psycho one of the other things that really um struck me watching it was how the first time she visits um abe saperstein he says don't read books don't listen to your girlfriends or don't talk to your girlfriends. Don't um, listen to Aunt Fanny. I think that's who he says. And don't take any vitamins. So he's telling her basically in the era of the women's movement, when all of the rest of us were, you know, uh, coming together as a collective and, and, and making health clinics, women helping women and, um, and, and trying to get away from the biomedical, you know, industrial complex, although we didn't use that term then. That's a term you know, that's used now. Um, and he's telling her not to listen to them. Uh, that's, that's a scary thing. Totally. And then later on, her husband gets rid of a book that her friend gives her the, all of them, witches. like, he just throws it away. And like, at that point she could have easily been like, okay, well, I'll just, I don't know. I'll just settle in, uh, and instead she goes to the bookstore and, like, gets new books and keeps brainstorming. She's very industrious. Something, Mom, you said during uh, the movie that totally made me laugh was you said, um, women can only be free through scholarship. (laughs) I liked that. (laughs) Um, What was really interesting to me were all the kind of women-on-women scenes. Like, a lot of the most pivotal scenes in the beginning are the ones that happen in like traditional feminine places there's the scene where rosemary meets terry 
Terry D'Onofrio. Terry D'Onofrio in the laundry room in the basement of the building. And Terry is has been living with the cast of Vets. And she's sort of the first girl that they were prepped, prepping to uh, carry Satan's baby. And then she finds out what happens and kills herself. But she and Rosemary have this kind of nice little kind of friendship meet cute in the laundry room Mm -hmm. and they decide that they're going to like be friends and do laundry together because that place is spooky yes exactly that's why they heard something and they both jump Uh and then they said this is spooky they acknowledge that and say let's do our laundry together and so the women meeting in the laundry room and then there's also later the first time that the cast of vets come over to rosemary and guy's house um, the moment at which Guy and Roman are basically making this deal where the you know Guy will have success in his acting career and Roman as the head of the coven will get Rosemary to you know carry the devil's baby they're making this deal while Minnie and Rosemary are in the kitchen washing dishes and chatting about you know housework and you know other things and then you walk into that room where the men have been in their smoke and it's red and the look on uh john cassavetti's face is just stricken with horror and so those are two very pivotal scenes that happen where the when the women are sort of off doing womanly things yes. doing off doing housework things and and later on when i think you mentioned this scene already but when uh she has a party for her younger friends mm-hmm. uh they like she doesn't want to just like keep spending time with all the old timers in the building um and she finally breaks down in front of her female friends and it's like, I'm in so much pain and this doctor isn't doing anything. And they basically like try to keep her husband out and tell her that she needs to go see a different doctor to get a second opinion. You know, I don't think it's a mistake that the very first line of the movie is, are you a doctor? Yes. He's an actor. <laughs> as they're uh, as they're looking at the apartment, the guy showing them the apartment asks her husband if he's a doctor, which I guess in the 60s is like a totally normal question to just ask a man and assume that he's a medical professional. And then he says yes, which is so strange. And she says, no, he's an actor. That's weird. Well, that may be because um, I think this apartment was kind of expensive. And he even alluded to, and maybe a lot of the people who lived there were doctors Mm-hmm. or lawyers. Yeah, we were wondering how they can afford that apartment because we, he's not a very successful actor at the beginning of the movie. Although we said that and we assumed that, but maybe he had done a lot of voiceovers and commer- uh, commercials. I think he had been in a lot of commercials. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he had a bread and butter uh, biz- aspect or business. It just uh, wasn't like very well respected acting. Like maybe it was making him enough money. He just wasn't celebrated. And no fame. And he really was obviously driven um, by fame. And, um, oh, they did so much monitoring. Once he was hooked in, every five minutes he was running to their apartment to report. And they were, like, so on her, you know, controlling, Mm -hmm. um, isolating her. And that's one of the things with, you know, violence uh, uh, toward women and um, intimate partner violence is isolating you know, you isolate the person that you want to coerce and manipulate and, you know, threaten. And she was, they, you know, even when Hutch came over for a visit for tea, and then Roman was like there in a second, you know, who, who is, and then of course they wanted to get rid of him. But talking about um, more scenes with women, the, um, Laura Louise, the other witch Uh and Minnie came over 
And she said, oh, I want you to meet Laura Louise. And they sat right down. They took their knitting out. <laughs> the two of them took their knitting out. And they just, oh, you know, they were just going to knit and have a, you know. A, a At the same time, like totally ignoring uh, Rosemary. Like, she can go off wherever. Like, we're just going to hang out and, like, And do you guys remember that they all start talking about their periods? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> she, they, she, says, she says, they say, what are you doing? And she says, well, I'm not feeling that well. Or, you know, it's the first day of my period. And Laura Louise says, oh, well, I wouldn't, don't, don't even know how you've been standing. And it was like this, yeah. this conversation. This like gal talk. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the era where women could talk to each other, you know, like that. And, um... So the witches were kind of girlfriendy too. <laughs> Their purposes were just different, but you know they were girlfriendy mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. This is not a dream. This is really happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just had to say that. <laughs> I want to get some more water. We should talk about that because that's really a. Oh yeah. A piv- that uh, my thought is that. That impregnation scene with the in the Satan incarnate, um, it, it, it was it, to me it was not the marquee scary scene of the movie. It was very surreal, very kind of like Fellini-ish, like on the boat, which I I like all that because it was um, very kind of confused and 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 on the yacht and. She, it was and, just real and so real enough at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't feel that it was the scariest scene in the film because as uh, Ksenia said, and I agreed, and I, I think we all agree, the, there were other scary things where indica- that indicated uh, well, it's the psychological. A, loss of, a loss of control. Yeah, the psychological torture is so much scarier. And the scene, Mom, that you really say, you know, said was you know, the part that physically just made you jump the most is when Rosemary's on the phone trying to call for help and you see the coven people sneaking in the apartment in the background. Yes. That to me is the scariest and it reminded me of the David Lynch uh, movie Mulholland Drive. Where, that's what that reminded me of. Just creepiness and um, I only saw that once too because that really scared me. Yeah, that's a scary one. I mean, the the rape scene is scary because it's a rape scene, but there's so much more psychological torture that happens to Rosemary in this movie. There are almost like weirdly comical moments in that where... Well, there's like chatter all around her. And at one point, one of the women comes up to her and like, if you, if you don't like the music, if the music is too loud, let us know. And Rosemary, because she's still, it's kind of early on in her general character development is like, oh, don't, you know, don't do anything on account of me. Like, I don't want to change the program. Mm -hmm. Um, So -hmm. she's like weirdly accommodating as this rape is about to take place. Well, I think she thinks she's on the boat. She's on the yacht. So who knows what 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 she's hearing. And Mm -hmm. and uh, um, and, and then Minnie makes is making cracks over on the side about something i i can't remember what what it was rape is terrible rape is not about sex we all know that back then i don't i think you know women knew that but it wasn't uh as prominently um stated as as it is now although people still don't still align it with um or equal uh, equate it with sex um but there were some comical things going on in the periphery of that and also just the notion 
and this is from my perspective today, just the notion that it's Satan and <laughs> at, at, at doing it, that's kind of like makes it kind of back off uh, the the significance of it in a way um or right. the scariness because there's this like supernatural power i mean you, you and i were kind of giggling at the last scene where she like sneaks into the the other apartment where the baby is there and the coven is around and mm. we were kind of giggling as they were like god is dead hail satan and then there's the guy with the camera and like it's kind of right the stereotypical japanese tourist because yeah. people were starting to come witches were starting to come from around the world right to see this miracle happen and god is dead was a notion that was talked about a lot well because it was right around the the time of that time magazine cover Mm -hmm. story is god dead which they even show in the doctor's office Mm -hmm. earlier and that was a theme a 60s theme well the following morning uh, after after she is raped by satan um she wakes up and there are like claw marks on her back and she talks with her husband and it is revealed that supposedly, well, I guess to like cover up the whole thing, um, he says that he basically had sex with her after she passed out. And Which if, is not okay. And if anything, like that's more disturbing to me than like Satan, because like this is your husband and this is like real life like satan we're still not sure if that was a dream or what and like here this like guy is basically saying that he had sex with her while she was completely out and could not consent to it yes yeah that is so much worse that is uh, yes that is so much worse but he also laughs it off and says oh i guess i have to clip my nails oh i've already clipped my nails and he laughs it off and says yeah it was kind of necro yeah. Remember, he uses yeah. that where he says, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of necro, like kind of cool. And she kind of looks at him as, you know, like, no, it, it wasn't. And that is very, so he basically raped her. Or uh, says he did. He like admits to it. Like, it's not yeah. a big deal. Okay. I have a question, though, that I can't figure out. I, well, I have two questions. One is a nutritional question. And, <laughs> and one is, um, and one is just the, the, uh, the Satan question. Okay. So. Does Satan actually like come into the room and do this, or did Satan enter Guy and through Guy's body, you know, manipulate the emergence of Satan to interesting to have sex with, or not to have sex, but to rape or impregnate Rosemary? So, was it did Guy actually do it, and then um, for a while Satan? was in him or no i thought it was actually satan because we see like the satany claws sort of like touching her and then we see the satan eyes i don't know i think it was actually like they invokes this whole ceremony is them like invoking satan and like painting her as the target and then satan actually comes and does it while a uh, guy watches that's the sense i got but i could be wrong what do you think that's pretty I- much what i saw i just like guy is such a I don't even know what the right word for it is. He's but like, more easily manipulated than Rosemary is. I mean, because his goal is like this I just fame. don't know that Satan would, like, use him as 
like a conduit. You're right. Yeah. I'm pro- out of the conduit. Satan you know would what? Not I'm probably not right. Him. <laughs> I think. I think. I don't think he's worthy. Is what yeah. I'm saying. He's not worthy oh. of Satan. Well, no, but he would be worthy because he's like the, the lowest of the low, and he has like no ethics, and, uh, and, and, <laughs> All right. and he doesn't. He, so in a way, it's like the opposite of that. But no, I think you're right. I think um, uh, a, uh, Mercado. Stephen Mercado, as it turns out, <laughs> Roman. I like uh, that little wordplay, little anagrams the in there. Anagram. Yeah, she was smart. Mm-hmm. She's super smart. She figured it out. What's, you, you said you had a nutritional question? <laughs> yeah, um, I couldn't really understand the drink when she was feeling badly at the beginning of the pregnancy or, you know, into like the half of the pregnancy. And Minnie kept making her those drinks and she kept having pain. So were those drinks to forward this special kind of life? Or, and then when she stopped drinking them, then she felt better. And then, so I don't know, what would you have needed nutritionally to foster and nurture this particular kind of baby? Vitamita vegemin? (laughs) Pardon me? What? (laughs) What? She's making an I Love Lucy wait, reference. <laughs> Vitamina vegemin. Yeah, maybe that's has what it... meats, vegetables, minerals, vitamins. <laughs> um, so here's my question for you guys. I mean, the ending of this movie is so powerful because they offer her the chance to be the mother of this baby, and. You know, what does it mean that her maternal instincts do kick in and she accepts the role of being the mother to Satan's child that she had against her will? I mean, you, mom, asked me if I would abandon the baby or if I would take care of the baby. That's such a complicated question. I mean, what is it that she decides to raise the devil at the end of this movie? Is that motherhood? Well, maybe she's still maybe she's still scheming a little bit and thinks that she can get this child away from them and save its soul or something. Yeah. Raise it in her own way. Uh, I mean, from the look in her eyes, it, it's, we, we never see the baby, but it seems like it's probably quite repulsive. <laughs> so she might have trouble like getting into daycare, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not a mom, so why why don't you? <laughs> why doesn't the mother weigh in? <laughs> I think she was faced with the lesser of two evils, not to like make some kind of joke, but um, you know, either not have anything to do, be banished from the coven and from any contact from her baby. This is her baby. Yeah. Or um, uh go along with it and yes we don't know what her scheme is or um wait did they make a rosemary's baby too they wasn't there a sequel years like 20 years later it was called something like whatever uh, happened to rosemary's baby yes what what happened to we should we should we should maybe i think it's not good really bad though okay but what would but i do see that she's torn and i think you choose many women would choose the baby, regardless of how the baby was conceived and who the baby is and the deformities, the baby had, you know, I think Satan-y, devil-y, Beelzebub-y, uh, hands and feet and, and eyes. eyes. And I don't know about a tail. Nobody said that. Um, <laughs> I kept thinking that. So she just decided to 
you know, she there was power in being the mother too. That's true. There was power mm. in being the mother because so for the first time in the movie, she felt a sense of control. Yes. So maybe that was part of it. Is like finally there's something. And Roman supported that. Mm-hmm. He told Laura Louise to get out of the way in a very firm voice. And he wanted Rosemary to take on that role of, of mother. I am mesmerized by Ruth Gordon in this. Like, <gasps> mm-hmm. everything from, like, the mumbling but very fast way she talks, like, just the way that she, like, forces her body into every room and, like... Like her makeup, her outfits are I just, incredible. I that is an outfit that I want to do for Halloween one of these days. Just like the bright pink blush and like very bright blue um, eyeshadow that like hasn't been distributed evenly. Like <laughs> clearly, she does her makeup in the dark, like very quickly. Like purple hair. Her her headpieces and hats are amazing. Yes. That character could have been pretty boring, but because it is Ruth Gordon, she makes it like you want, like you want to see what, like you want to follow her lead and Mm -hmm. you want to listen to her. um, She seems so kind and trustworthy. As annoying as she is at the same time. Yeah. She's totally annoying and <laughs> totally suspect though. and totally suspect. I guess, I mean, nope. The funny thing about this is no one is really a good actor in this movie, especially Guy, her husband, Rosemary's husband. But they all like, you mean the characters, the characters, no, not the actual actors, okay, but the right. characters of Roman and Minnie and are Guy. not covering up their tracks all they, that well. They do a terrible job of of uh, duping Rosemary in the way that they make up lies. Like, they're mm. not very good liars, any of them, even though it manages to work. Right. But we were kind of like laughing about that while we were watching it. The We wouldn't have done that on the first watch. Right. But now, because we know the whole story, we were able to like laugh a little because they were like making this up as they you know were going along but they were like kind of playing off of each other to like convince her Mm -hmm. of different things and it was pretty funny yeah it was really funny i also did laugh when she says it's alive because it's such an old monster movie thing to say and she says it in this moment where the baby stops hurting her and starts kicking Mm -hmm. she goes it's alive and it's such a god it was it's so funny to change that context i remember seeing that and being like in this world does frankenstein exist (laughs) i think it was an homage and also when she says that she says to guy don't be scared it won't bite you you. (laughs) (laughs) kind of knowing Going back and watching this movie a second time, there's really so much fun that you pick up on. There's definitely a lot of campiness, and I think that's mostly to like ease the tension of all this psychological abuse that's going on throughout. <laughs> I think it's not so easy being women. I, I think it's, uh, it's a hard fight. It's a hard struggle. We still don't get paid as much. Um, uh women are work, you know, two, three, four jobs. Um, women, if you look at the fortune 500 companies, we're like, or or look at at the Senate, look at Congress and and the Senate. I mean, we're, and uh, what we do with our bodies and our children is still often decided for us in a lot of ways by men. 
like in Rosemary's Baby? Not enough women in decision-making positions and in positions of power. Here we are 40, 50 years later, and Rosemary's Baby is as relevant as ever. Yes. Yes, it is. I would just like to say something or have us talk about a guy. I just want to say, I think he's such a scumbag. He's smarmy, and he is so easily... How is he so easily led? He just, fame was more important to him. And he just, I guess it's the old sell your soul to the devil story that just. I mean, we don't even like see the real fruit of this fame. We don't see anyone like recognize him in the street. We don't see these piles of money. Like what, was it worth it? (laughs) Well, I think it was to him because even at the end, oh, he's so disengaged from her. He's Mm -hmm. so detached from her reality. His reality, which is kind of a funny thing, a lot of people would say, yeah, men's reality is so, like, different from women's. And and often it does feel like that. Um, He's so detached that even in the final scene, he says, well, you didn't really get hurt, did you? It wasn't so bad. And we're going to go to California and have a pool and a, Uh and, um, you know. The pool will make up for this. Yeah. You'll be fine. I know you just had Satan's baby, but how about a pool? We'll have other children. Yeah, he's totally right, exactly. He's, he's totally out of touch. Yeah. Um, all right, we can wrap it up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eleanor, I feel like we should say something because you've got your mother here, and um, something about um, you know. I'm sorry, I scared you. It's okay. Um, I now enjoy horror movies, so I think it's okay. Yeah, the mother-child bond. I have that with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had little um, devilly eyes um, and little furry, clawy feet and hands, I think I would. You would still be as irresistible to me as you ever were when you were a, a, a baby, without those accoutrements. Well, I think that answers all of our questions. Then, thank you so much for being on Bonnie and Maud, Mom. Uh, Bonnie and Maud, thank you so much for inviting me and i enjoyed it i enjoyed talking with you very much come on again we'll talk about uh a later movie like bridget jones's diary or something um all right or um i like i like super bad (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) okay sure why not that would be an interesting conversation all right well (laughs) that'll be uh we'll talk about that down the line um care to do the honors uh thank you for listening to bonnie and mods you can find us at bonnieandmod.com feel free to send us suggestions and your thoughts to bonnieandmod at gmail.com and of course join the conversation on our facebook page i'm eleanor kagan and i'm ksenia yarosh thanks for listening thanks This is not a dream. This is really happening. This is not a dream. This is really happening. This is not a dream. This is really happening. We're your friends, Rosemary. There's nothing to be afraid of, Rosemary. Honest and truly, there isn't.